Welcome to Women Inseparable with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. This is a 15-week study of Who Holds Forgiveness. The word forgiveness brings different emotions to each of us. Join us as we dig deeper into Who Holds Forgiveness. Here's Jacqueline. All right, welcome to Who Holds Forgiveness, week 13. I can't believe we only have two weeks left after this. It's a beautiful, beautiful series, a series where we're finding um, freedom, freedom in this area of forgiveness. My prayer is that we will see what we are to do with our forgiveness and how swiftly we are to do it in the days that are surrounding us, in the day today. We're going to look at Mark 13. If I may, I would like to open up with scripture and then we'll open up in prayer and do our study. Does that sound good? We're going to do Mark 13, beginning in verse 32. Mark chapter 13 and verse 32. Jesus is speaking. He's speaking to his disciples in this area. It's a very personal, very private conversation that's taking place. I pray that we will welcome ourselves into this private conversation. Jesus says these words. He says, but concerning that day, concerning that hour, and if you want detail on what that hour is, that day is, look at the verses before this. Read all of Mark 13. If you want more, look in First Thessalonians. If you want more, look in Revelation. Personal challenge, there's scripture from Old Testament, from New Testament to talk about this day, to talk about this hour. For right now, I pray that we'll focus on the words that are being spoken uh, concerning concerning that day. So it's concerning that day or that hour, no one, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven. Jesus says concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son of God, says the very son of God. And then he points out the fact that only the father knows the time of the day, the time of that hour, only the Father knows, verse 33, Jesus says, be on guard. Be on guard. And then he says two words that we're going to see time and again in these, these few verses. He says, keep awake. Jesus says, be on guard. Keep awake for you, you who are hearing my words. You do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his own work, and he commands the doorkeeper, he commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Therefore, Jesus says in verse 35, stay awake. For you, you who are hearing these words, for you do not know when the master of the house will come in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or in the morning, lest he come suddenly, lest he find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to, to all. Do you see where we are in this conversation? You are in this conversation. I am in this conversation. Jesus is saying to us today, what I say to you, the disciples, I say to you all, stay awake. Heavenly Father, we are sitting here united through the blood of Jesus Christ, tied together through the presence and the power 
of the Holy Spirit, loved so fully by our Father God. And we sit with this passage, with your word open in front of us, held in our hands, and we're hearing the same two words you spoke to the 12 disciples once upon a time, and we hear the words, stay awake. Father God, I pray that you will speak the truth and the power of these two words that we need to hear today, today and this day, today and this time and this hour and this society and this culture and this relationship and this job and this marriage that we are living today. Father God, I pray in your power that we will stay awake. Lord, what does that mean? What does that mean and what does that look like? Lord God, these are my, my requests for this study today that you will open up our eyes individually as to what this looks like, what it needs to look like according to your knowledge, according to the knowledge of the Father as to when you are coming again, Lord Jesus. Help us to know what that looks like for us today to stay awake. I pray that you'll be with this passage, be with my words, and I pray that you alone will pour out and be heard. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Stay awake. A fun, fun term, especially for those that identify as a sloth. That would be me. I am um, exceptional at sleeping. I am exceptional at sleeping. I was that little one that was raised in a house with a lot of humans and a lot of animals and a lot of noise. And if their vacuum came near my bed, I wouldn't know. If a dog jumped on my bed, I would have no idea. I could sleep through anything, any day, any time. Fast forward to my life as an adult. I was given a baby (laughs) by God (laughs) and I had my little newborn and he was in his little bassinet, you know, beside my bed, not in my bed because the story in first Kings scared me to death. Let that be a fun personal challenge. Find that story. So my little baby was not in my bed in my arms. He was in his bassinet beside my bed and he would make these little noises that were just so darling and so cute and so precious until they woke me up. So my sweet little, I think he was three or four weeks old. Seriously, I think he was only three or four weeks old and he's in his bassinet and he's making his adorable little sleep noises at like one in the morning and three in the morning and 3.30 in the morning and 3.33 in the morning. And it's not that he was crying. He was just making sweet little baby noises and I couldn't sleep. So my sweet little month old was walked down the hall (laughs) to the room on the other end of the hall and laid in this giant crib meant for a toddler. And I prayed, Father God, you gave me this baby. I pray that you'll keep him alive. I'm going to sleep. And I went back to my bed and slept like a rock. And I told myself, I have this little, you know, baby monitor next to his bed, so I'll hear him. You know, if anything happens, I'll hear him. And I had the baby monitor next to my bed on my nightstand. And then my husband pointed out that I would turn the baby monitor's volume down in my sleep because the baby was waking. (laughs) Why God allowed me to be my son's mother, I have no idea. But my son today is 16. Successfully, he's alive. So God, God has a plan for all things. Sleep to me 
very, very precious. It's a thing that I excel in. It's a thing that I enjoy. It, it's, it comes first. It comes first. This is not what Jesus is talking about. And I am so thankful that this is not what Jesus is talking about because I would fail. I would fail this miserably. I would have to close my Bible and just grieve, grieve for my little sleep. Jesus is going deeper. Jesus is going deeper than our closed eyes and our body resting as our body was designed to rest. And that's the beautiful thing about the physical act of sleep is our body was designed to require sleep. You look through Psalms, especially the first few chapters of Psalms, and there's promises written in song of the vitality and the preciousness of sleep. There are some of us that struggle with sleep. It's not an easy thing that comes upon all of us. And we sit there and we look at those first few verses, and I encourage you, if this is an issue, that you go to the first few chapters of Psalms and read the beauty and the power and the promise of sleep. Jesus says to us, all who are weary and are heavy laden, come and I'll give you rest. Jesus wants our body to sleep. He required our body to sleep. He designed our human body to sleep. And we say, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for that gift. Jesus, however, when he's talking to his disciples, when he's talking to you and me in this passage, he's talking about our spiritual state. He's talking about our awareness. He's saying very specifically, you are called, you are created, you are designed to stay awake because you have a job. And this is what I love as we see the four different times, the four different specifics. We have a job. What is your job? And in that job, are you staying awake? Jesus says concerning the day, The day that Jesus is coming again, and if there is someone that is listening to this right now and you have no idea even where to begin in studying what that means, let me just summarize what scripture is here to tell us from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, from cover to cover, the whole reason we are here, the whole reason the world is loved so fully by God the Father is because Jesus Christ is coming again. Jesus Christ is coming again. He came once. We get to celebrate that every end of the year. Every December, we get to celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who came in the flesh, lived among us, died on the cross for us, rose again from the dead for us, and offered us eternal salvation. And then Jesus left and said, you work, you serve me, you live for me. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to dwell inside of you so you can do what I've asked you to do. And you do it while waiting. First Corinthians 1.10 tells us to wait, to wait while you work, wait while you serve. What are we waiting for? Oh, we're waiting for that day when Jesus Christ comes again. And he comes again for you, believer in Jesus Christ. He comes again for me, believer of Jesus Christ. And he's wanting to see something in us when he comes. Interesting that it's adding to our salvation. That's what Jesus wants us to do, isn't it? He wants us to add to our salvation, not replace our salvation or add works to our salvation. But he wants us to say, I believe that Jesus is the son of God. I've put my full faith in him as my Lord, as my savior. And I want to live now for him. 
I don't want to say I believe in you as my Lord and Savior and then continue on in life, continue sleeping, continue closing our eyes to the reality of the world in which we live. He wants our eyes to be opened. He wants us to see. He wants us to feel. He wants us to touch. He wants us to serve those around us. That's what he's called us to do. And that's what he's wanting to see when he comes back. And it kind of puts me at a stop at the thought that my Jesus wants to come again one day and he wants to see me in action. Kind of gives me chills that my Jesus wants to see me in action as if he's my audience and he's who we do what we do for. That's the heart of what Jesus is saying in this passage. And he says this over and over that you'll find in stories, conversations in Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, a beautiful conversations. Jesus says, concerning the day in which I, Jesus Christ, the risen son of God will come again, you have no idea when that day will be. The angels in heaven have no idea when the day will be. The very society that celebrates immensely every time a soul says, I believe that Jesus is the son of God. Heaven explodes in a party, explodes in celebration. That entourage of angels has no idea what Jesus is coming again. Isn't that amazing? The angels are surrounded by the very glory of God. They live in the very light of heaven and they have no idea. When Jesus gets to say, I'll be right back. Oh, the angels are sitting there and waiting in anticipation. Jesus is waiting. Jesus is waiting. He's sitting in his rightful place, Ephesians tell us, sitting in his rightful place at the right hand of the throne of God, waiting, waiting, seeing the glory of everything, watching over you and me and sitting next to God the Father, waiting for God to say, son, it's time. Oh, does that not just give you, give you chills? Jesus is waiting, waiting with anticipation to come and gather us into his arms. Oh, I cannot wait, cannot wait for that day. God, Jesus says, God knows. God knows. Does that not give you peace? Just a little side note. The fact that God knows things that only God knows, does that make you realize that even those little things in your life, and I say little, can we take out the word little and say God knows the things that are in your life? We identify them as little. We minimize the things in our life, the sorrows, the joys, the angst, the pains. We minimize it and we compare it to others. Don't minimize it and don't compare it to others. It's you. You matter to God. He, you matter so much that God sent his son for you. He loves you so much that he's sending your son for you again. Oh, how much he cares for you. He cares for you. May that bring peace upon you as you realize that God the Father knows when Jesus is coming again. He knows everything. He knows you and all your things. And he loves you so much. Jesus says in verse 33, for the very first time in this passage, he says, because you do not know, keep awake. Keep awake. Some translations that you're holding in your hands may have the words and pray. But the whole idea of the two words keep awake indicates the very power of prayer. 
that's what you're doing when you're keeping awake. It's not a spiritual, or I'm sorry, it's not a sleep awakeness. It's a spiritual awakeness. It's saying, I'm going to have the mindset of prayer. So every time you think, oh, I just wish Jesus would come again, right there, remind yourself, have the mindset of prayer. What is that that made you just think or just say the words, I just wish Jesus would come again? Stop and evaluate that. What were you just listening to? What did you just see? What person did you just see? What word did you just hear? And evaluate that for a second. And instead of doing like a judgment, and sometimes we throw out the words, oh, I just wish Jesus would come again with a tone of um, inappropriateness. Am I allowed to say that out loud? Sometimes we use it in a not nice way. Sometimes we use that as judgment to the person that just did something that was ill in your mind. And you just wish Jesus would just come and fix it all. Can I encourage us? When you hear that thing on the news, when you hear that bad situation, when you see that blatant sin, and you just wish that Jesus would just come and wash it all away, will you step back from that, oh, I want to say the word self-righteous, condemnation. I don't know if I can say that out loud or if that's too rude, but if I can say step away from that and look at the person that just committed that sin and pray the name of Jesus Christ over that person and pray for salvation to come into that person's soul. And I pray that they will receive the forgiveness of God that moment. Can you do that? And when you're in that state of prayer, praying over that sin, praying over that situation, praying over that heartache, praying over that devastation, and you're pouring prayer over that, then in that prayer, say, Lord Jesus, in my earnest, in a sense, I pray that you will come again and restore all things new. It's not a different tone to that I want Jesus to come again. It's no longer saying I want Jesus to come again and just wipe down all that evil. It's now I want Jesus to come again to gather up his children. And I pray that there are so many people being gathered up at that time. Oh, that one more soul will join that gathering. That's why we want Jesus to come again. To gather all of us who know him, that we will tell one more person about him. So there's even more to be gathered. Oh, stay awake. Be on guard. Keep awake. Be in that mindset of prayer. He says, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man, Jesus says. It's like a man going on a journey. Lots to do before you go on a journey. Lots of preparation, lots of planning. Jesus says, when the, when the man leaves, he leaves his home. And when he leaves his home, he puts his servants in charge. Each servant with his own work. Are you not so thankful that God doesn't give one person all the jobs to do at all the times? That's a lot of work. God says, I call you to do this, and I've called you to do this, and I've called you to do this, and I've called you to do this. Now work together, go. And he spreads it out. Every servant with his own work to do. And then he says this, and I love how this is kind of separated in a way. He says, and he commands the doorkeeper, he commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. The one who is literally on guard, the one who sees who leaves, and the one who sees who comes in, you, you who are in charge of the door, the entrance, stay awake. 
almost as if the one who is watching the protection, the fold of the sheep, you add prayer upon prayer. Stay awake. If you are called to serve, if you are a servant, and this is an indication of those who have received Jesus as their Savior, you are, just to let you know, the servant that has been left in charge of the house of God. You're working. Know where you're working in the kingdom of God. You're part of it today. As a daughter of the king, you are part of it. What's your part? Say, I don't know. Pray about it. Find your part. And as soon as you know your part, do your part. How? Today. That doesn't answer my question. Talk to God. He will tell you how to do that today. If you want to talk to somebody, talk to your Bible study leader. Email us at womeninseparable at gmail.com and say, I... I want to do this. How do I use this gift for God? How awesome to get an email like that. Oh, we would love to talk to you about that. Let us know. There's tests that you can take all over the internet. Spiritualgifts.com. Take a free test. Figure out what is your gift. Figure out what do your hands like to do? Where do your feet like to go? And serve. Serve and do it today. Whatever it is, do it today. Jesus is watching. He's left us as servants in charge of his house while he is on a journey. And he says, I've given each person work to do. And I've commanded specifically the doorkeeper to stay awake. Say, I don't know my role in the kingdom of God. I don't know my role in charge of this house. Perhaps and maybe your role is to be the, the doorkeeper. Be the doorkeeper. Be the one who notices who's in. Be the one who notices who's out. And oh, oh, how vital, vital it is to stand by that door and know who's outside that door. To be aware of those who are lost. See their eyes and pray over them. And when you pass them and they get close enough, you have that position and that power to have an intimate conversation with the unsaved and say, I can open this door for you. And you get to tell them how Jesus Christ came and how Jesus Christ died on the cross and how Jesus Christ was buried and how Jesus Christ rose again. And how if they just call upon the name of the Lord, they can be saved And that unsaved person standing on the outside of the door having a conversation with you, doorkeeper, can lead them to the Lord on that spot. And as they call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the door is now open for them as we see in Revelation 3. And they are now in the family of God. You, doorkeeper, have an opportunity to talk to the unsaved world, sometimes in a way that those of us that are serving inside the house don't have access to. Have you ever thought about that? There are a lot of people that serve the family of God, and it's so important to serve the family of God. Serve the family of God. Encourage one another. It's what the letters, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Galatians, they're all letters for the family of God to reach the family of God so that you can grow the family of God in unity for the kingdom of God for all of eternity. We're supposed to take care of each other in the family of God. But while we take care of each other and grow each other and build each other up in the family of God, we have to remember there are lost out there. There are people that are unsaved outside our doors. Doorkeeper, open your eyes and spread the name of Jesus Christ. Keep awake. Keep awake. 
Oh, that we can bring in one more person and invite in one more person and grow so that when that unsaved person comes into those doors, we can greet them with the kindness and the love and the unity of the name of Jesus Christ. And they join the servanthood of the kingdom of God. Everybody has a place. Oh, that we look at the lost world out there. I pray that we bring them in. Keep awake. Keep awake. Pray. Pray and pray upon your prayers for the lost world. Pray upon your prayers for the protection of those that are in the house. Verse 35, we see the third one. He says, therefore, because you are on guard keeping awake and because you're at the door staying awake, therefore, he says, stay awake. It's a vital argument. Because you're on guard and you're staying awake since you're on guard and because you're at the door and you're staying awake because you're at the door because of those reasons, stay awake. Keep awake. Always and at all times, stay awake. When your eyes are open, be in prayer. Anybody else hearing Paul saying the words pray without ceasing? Never stop praying. You're like, well, I got to talk to other people too. Do you know you could talk to other humans and talk to God simultaneously? I learned that the first time when I was at a door. I was doing door-to-door visitation. It's a very bold move. I call me, let's say, 19-ish at the time, 18 or 19. And I'm going around the Las Vegas Valley and knocking on doors near Rainbow and Jones. And I'm, means nothing to most people. Those from Vegas know where I am. And I'm knocking on doors. And if somebody answered the door, I would say these words with my Bible in hand. Hello, my name is Jacqueline. I'm from such and such church. And I'm here to tell you about Jesus Christ. Do you know who Jesus is? Sometimes the responses can vary. This one particular gentleman opened the door and we had an instant engaged conversation. And it wasn't an instant engaged conversation about Jesus Christ and how wonderful he was. This is me 19, and this man was at least twice my age. And very off-put that I got him off his couch and at the door to discuss the name of Jesus. So not knowing how to respond, I heard, I heard with my ears the words that came out of my mouth, and the words that came out of my mouth were me saying, God, I need your help with what words to say to this man. <laughs> at that point, I learned that we can have conversations with God, and have a conversation with a human simultaneously. I also had learned that you need to figure out which direction your words are going. <laughs> that conversation at that door did not end in salvation with this man. But that was a couple years ago. And that man has been prayed for in my prayer life since then. How amazing when I get to heaven if that man is on the inside and part of the family of God. Perhaps I was there just to plant a seed just to get the name Jesus in his headspace somewhere. How important it is. How important it is to stay awake. Jesus says this in verse 35. He says, therefore, stay awake at all times, be in conversation with me at all times for you. For you do not know when the master of the house will come. Another way of saying what Jesus is saying right here is saying, for you do not know when Jesus Christ is going to come again. You do not know 
So be in prayer. Be in prayer. Be in prayer at all times. Pray until Jesus comes again. Pray until Jesus comes again. So you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, Jesus didn't come while I was sleeping. I'm going to pray. And you pray, and while you're taking a shower, you're praying. And when you're brushing your teeth, you're praying. And as you go through your day, you're praying. And as the conversation comes into your head, pray about it. It'll, it's amazing what will happen with your responses. And in light of our study on forgiveness, it's amazing how this mindset of staying awake will affect your heart and that fruit of forgiveness. Because here you are practicing staying awake, serving, staying awake, watching the door, staying awake, engaging with the unsaved, in prayer, in prayer, in prayer, in prayer. And you practice and you practice and you practice to the point that you start hearing Paul say, pray without cease. And you're like, well, is there really any other way? How do you go through your day without prayer? And it becomes part of your function throughout the day. And then those situations start coming up that start triggering, triggering those emotions, those old emotions with that word forgiveness. And you've got that old stir with the word forgiveness, and you've got this new practice of praying without ceasing, this new practice of staying awake. And that forgiveness person, that issue, that situation that just, oh, just gets to you every time, becomes less and less. Because you're now in that prayer. You're now in that mindset that Jesus is coming in. Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming again. And that matter comes at you and you're like, I forgive you. This matter's forgiven. The situation is over and done. It's, it's forgiven. There's no reason to go through it again. And perhaps the memory will be there and the, the pain, the scar will still be there. But the heart, the fruit of forgiveness has washed itself over it and given you a freedom in its place. Jesus says, stay awake. You don't know when I'm coming again. You don't know if it's going to be in the evening. Oh, sweet friend, if evening is when your battles start coming, start then in your practice of staying awake in prayer. In the evening, pray. Turn off those televisions. Turn off social media. Turn off the relationship. Turn off the conversation. Give yourself literal space in the evening to do intentional time of prayer so you can learn how to replace. Instead of getting rid of the bad, start replacing good. Build that good in the evening. Perhaps it's at midnight. Oh, doesn't Satan like to attack us at midnight? Do you hate it? Laying in bed, good day, great day, you're laying in bed, then all of a sudden, you get tripped up in your thoughts, laying in bed in midnight. Do you know Jesus could be coming again in midnight? Fight that fight. At midnight, in your bed, when you're tossing and turning in bed, go to the beginning of Psalms. Start quoting Psalms and turn those Psalms into your prayer life so that you're laying in bed at midnight, waiting for Jesus to come again in prayer over Psalms. Stay awake. And you'll see how sweet sleep gets as you're spiritually staying awake. So it's a cool, cool gift that God has given to us. Jesus says, you don't know if I'm going to come in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster comes. You don't know what time in the morning I'm going to be coming. Therefore, pray, pray, and then pray, and then pray over your prayers, and then pray, and then pray, and then pray again until Jesus comes again. And see what fruit, see what fruit the Holy Spirit brings. 
Oh, the fruit that the Holy Spirit will bring as your prayer life continues to increase and your eyes begin to open even more and your whole everything is on the fact that Jesus is coming again. Jesus concludes with the fourth one. He says in verse 37, And what I say to you at that moment, I'm saying to all, that word all overwhelms me as a New Testament believer, as a woman of today's society, because he includes me. He welcomes me into this call. He welcomes you into this call. And he says, And what I say to you, I say to all, Stay, stay awake. Oh, Heavenly Father, I pray that we will stay awake. Where we are as we are today, I pray that we'll stay awake. Strengthen us, Father God. Strengthen us to stand with the mindset, with the eyes set, with the heart set, with the prayer set that Jesus Christ is coming again. And I pray that as we focus so desperately on your return, that our life on earth will demonstrate our prayer life. That we don't just go through and tell people, I pray, I pray, but that our very life and the fruit that comes from our prayer life will affect for good every relationship. Even, Father God, I pray that fruit will affect that relationship that is on her heart right now. Oh, Father God, I pray that your your fruit from her prayer life will be stronger and deeper than the matter of forgiveness that's at hand. I pray, Father God, that you will show us how sweet, how sweet it is to stay awake. I pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. You can find us on Telegram at WIOnline. If you need prayer, contact us at womeninseparable at gmail.com.